This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the show. It is a football Friday. And when we say football Friday, I mean football Friday because there's actual football this weekend. The kind that counts, at least in the collegiate levels. Colorado High School football got going last night as well. So, yes, legitimate football Friday. Football weather going on. It's going to be a outside. rainy Friday night. Yeah, yeah, it most certainly is. So, uh, uh, prepare to get wet. Bundle up. Remember that rain is not exactly the same as snow. So you can drive somewhat differently, and uh, <laughs> if it helps. Are you speaking of recent experience oh, in this regard? Sandy, Fridays, I'm not going to lie. I am not, I am not the move. best version of myself people, people on Fridays. do, not, do not, not drive well in rain around here. I don't know exactly why, but they do drive as if it is it's a, it's a, a blizzard. blizzard. Right, yeah. and it's it's not. It's okay uh, if, if it helps. Turn on your windshield wipers. Right, headlights if you don't, don't have one of those yes. auto ones. And uh, yes. the pedals right. on the on the bottom, the one on the right, yeah. propels your automobile forward. Yes. Pretty helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, technology is pretty You remarkable. don't have to drive 20 miles below the speed limit. Right, you, right. You just don't. Your car doesn't. You Maybe know, in it's, snow. It's, it's not going to. The speed limit is not. Yeah. Made, like It's warning like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock are on it, right. and it's going to explode. Right. right. That's it's right. it's different, you know. So yeah, you know, do your best out there, everybody. But it is a football Friday, and it, correct me if I'm wrong. It, is it your birthday? It is. Uh, as a matter hey! of fact, hey, hey, double six. Everyone has little birdies, yeah. and it sometimes mine are not entirely accurate. But uh, on that one, it is. I, so I was, very happy uh, birthday. I, I, I will say this: I was filling out an insurance form today, and. <laughs> At the end, you know, you, had to, you may have had to fill out the same form. You had to do it this today, week. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, do it by today. And I'm a last-minute loser in that respect. I, I do everything last minute. So I'm, I'm uh, filling it out. Not today. That I'm be- filling it out today. And it, it gets to the bottom, last page, sign my name, and put down 825, date right, signed, right. 825-57, and slip. That's the day I was born. That is not the day I signed this document. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to cross out the 57 and replace it with the 23. Somebody's computer would have been freaking out when uh, I'm like, what's going on with, it, with yes. all that? But very you, happy you, birthday. You really signed this at birth, huh? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's a very advanced. You, you, you knew 66 years ago. Yeah. You, you would be Good signing hand-eye this coordination document, or, yeah, you know. Uh, Already knew in advance. So, That's right. Uh, how your career would play out. Happy birthday to Sandy. Well wishes can go to 303-831-1340. Uh, I was going to call, the try to call the uh, the governor's office and see if we could turn it into a state holiday or something, no, but no, I needed I to make sure so. that it was actually <laughs> your birthday first. So. And I was, it was even texting Danny Bailey. I'm like, I think it's Sandy's birthday. But it, there, there's if some, it wasn't, it was just going to be a hilarious famous August face planned on my part. So I figured it was going to be good radio either way. You know, if I'm an idiot, yeah. you're going, mm, no, it's not my birthday. What's wrong with you, Sean? And that would have been funny, too. So I figured that, wins that, all around. That's right. Yeah. So, right. you know, it's kind of the way you think about we, it. We uh, we missed you tremendously you yesterday. totally I, did I'll not. tell you who missed you I heard more than anybody else by far. Oh, it Danny might have, Okay. <laughs> might have been Danny. I could see that. Yeah, because, see, at the beginning of the program. Listeners may have loved it. Did we I, even I, have commercial my, breaks? My headsets. Or did we just go straight through? But I, I, I did something in, in the open. You know, we, we have a little bit of 
music prior right. to our official introduction. Mm -hmm. So I I could hear it, of course, my headsets, but prior to our being introduced, I was trying to speak into the microphone and nothing was there. So I, I'm going crazy. And Danny, uh, if he rolled his eyes, he rolled his eyes between uh, the room across on the other side of the glass yeah. and the studio. Uh, I'm sure he rolled his eyes several times over. And he said, well, what do you mean? You're not hearing anything? I said, no, I'm hearing it, but I can't hear yourself. Mike. He says, you, that's because the show hasn't started. Right, not yet. I'm not, I, look, if you watch the show. It, it was a little rough from there, but I, I'll tell you what. Danny did his usual magnificent job of uh, giving us audio. And, uh, Danny, I'll, I'll say this on the air today. On the same subject that we uh, discussed uh, yesterday, I think maybe a little bit later on the show, we'll we'll get into it today. The question of will Sean Payton be prepared to bench Russell Wilson? And Ryan Clark of ESPN has a point of view on this. And we had divided opinion yesterday on that point. And I'm trying to remember all four people who he had speaking. We had Mike Tannenbaum and Dan Orlovsky, and we had Marcus Spears and Sal Palantonio. And all four really had slightly different mm -hmm. versions, but two of them basically said, you've got to be kidding with Jarrett Stidham backing up. That would kind Russell of be where Wilson. I'm at. Okay. And two were like, Sean Payton's here to win football games, True. and there will be scrutiny and I think Ryan Clark's position is kind of along these lines. There will be week-to-week -week scrutiny on Russell Wilson. And a judgment will be made not necessarily to replace Russell Wilson, but the die will be cast. And the Broncos, after 2023, might consider their options. And even if it's the trade deadline for this year, which, if I'm not mistaken, is October 31st. Yep, I believe that. That is would fall during the Broncos' bye week mm -hmm. again, if I'm not mistaken, which would be week nine, smack dab in the middle, basically of an 18 week season. Not exactly, and that's been pushed not, not exactly back in recent years. So right. teams have a better gauge of whether right. the, the, the NFL so would like more it's action. An, it's a nice break, I think, for any team, good, bad, or indifferent, to get a bye in the middle of the season, right? Yeah, that mid-season sure. break. Like it. Sure, you know? right in the middle. And so uh, I'm looking today, especially after reading uh, some excellent analysis pieces on the uh, Trey Lance, and, uh, and I'll call it, although I have great respect for all three of the leaders of the 49er organization and, of course, uh, the father of uh, the head coach, uh, it's been the Trey Lance debacle and not because of anything wrong that in particular, either the 49ers or Lance have done, but it's become a debacle. And I'm thinking at the trade deadline this year, and so does Bill Barnwell of ESPN, who was picking the Broncos to make the playoffs earlier this week yeah. <laughs> in a column he wrote. He writes a column today on Trey Lance and everything that went wrong, circumstantial or otherwise, with the Trey Lance draft pick, which you'll remember involved the 49ers giving up three, three. first-rounders and a third-rounder, I believe, to move, up. to move up from 12 to three. 
similar to what the Kansas City Chiefs gave up to move up from 27 to 10 to draft Patrick that Mahomes. That one works better. Needless to say, the Mahomes trade worked yeah. better for the Chiefs than the Lance trade worked for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm just spitballing here, but so is Bill Barnwell in listing seven teams who could conceivably be interested in the services of Trey Lance around the, the deadline for different reasons. Now, he did have two tiers. He had Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. And because the they have there. immediate, well, in Minnesota's case, I guess you have Kirk Cousins. Well, yeah, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So at right. age 35, maybe they're moving on, especially if this is a losing season for the Vikes. In Tampa, and many people think it will be. Tampa speed Bay. Speed him up to start, you potentially. Know, you've, got, you've got Baker Mayfield, Lance. Lance is actually half a year younger than Baker Mayfield was when Mayfield made his debut in the, in the NFL. So right. to say Lance is done at 23 and he's a bust, nonsense. He, he's been hurt for basically two years. Mm-hmm. And he has taken since high school all of 420 competitive snaps Yikes. as a drop-back passer. 420 competitive passes since high school. Can you believe that? He's 23 now. Uh, most of those snaps were taken while playing for North Dakota State and FCS school, too. By the way, so 132 in-game passes over the last three years. In other words, he so needs we reps don't know. We don't. We don't. Field. He needs to, reps. To, to judge what he, he, he can needs be reps. He needs reps, and and the 49ers may decide to keep three quarterbacks. That's possible. And they may even decide to put Trey Lance with the scout team every week, which you get a ton of reps. I don't know what that would say to Sam Darnold, because normally the backup gets the scout team reps. That's a way of getting the backup reps and getting the backup ready. So if Darnold isn't getting scout team reps, and he's obviously not starting out of Brock Purdy, I don't know why you pick Darnold over Lance as your backup quarterback but anyway the, the assumption is they'll be traded at some point between now and october 31st so you have those three in the first year but in the second year you have tennessee miami kansas city because andy reed likes the idea of a young backup who obviously wouldn't have to play right away but you could who, who quite could frankly at along, this point in Mahomes' career you hope he never plays along, for you hope he never plays ever but if you could give him enough reps and maybe showcase him here and there, maybe you could trade him, you could flip him and get more. more than you gave up for him, which right now would take maybe a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. And Denver is the seventh team that's listed. Mm-hmm. And the rationale is if Wilson is failing, it could be not – Jarrett Stidham replacing Wilson this year or even next year. But let's say they traded for Trey Lance. They wouldn't necessarily bench Wilson, but let's say in training camp next year, you did open up the competition. Trey Lance versus Russell Wilson, one who hasn't played nearly enough and the other who's played perhaps too much <laughs> and is, is, is wearing down. So anyway, it's just a thought, and we'll maybe develop it a, a little bit more later, adding perhaps a layer of intrigue. We know that uh, uh, Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan are friendly, and I assume John Lynch and George Payton are on good terms. And I think uh, the other guy in the equation is Adam Peters, who I hope by this time next year is the general manager of the Denver Broncos. I'm 
I look at the the trade possibilities for the Broncos, and look, part of the reason they're where they're at is because they've traded so many guys and so many picks away in the last couple of years. But the funny thing was, even before the Lance thing started coming out, Isaiah Simmons, a uh, high pick in the draft of the Cardinals, yeah. went to the Giants. That's right. He did. It, it, he is a free agent after the year. Yeah. But for a seventh. And to my mind, one, Simmons can play. Two, it's I a, lack, it's a lack of creativity. And I've looked at the Denver Broncos, and it's like a seventh. Why didn't you throw a dart on a seventh? to see if you could get a player with that kind of talent. And so I look at a Lance situation, and especially after seeing Jared Stidham, and this is something that uh, I have I, I discussed earlier in the week with Stetson Bennett, with the Rams. You did, and I thought it was a combination of points that you made that were very well taken. Smarter teams, and keep in mind in this case that Trey Lance, after this season, will only have one more year, and you'll have to look at an extension in pretty short order. But I think smarter teams are going to realize if they can get a capable backup at an inexpensive price, even if that person is never the starter, the truth of the matter is it's a good move because you're spending $5 million to have Jared Stidham here this year. So my thought is if there are seven teams, as Bill Barnwell suggests, and I, I think there might even be more than that when you're talking about a fourth or fifth round selection, you better decide far more quickly than not. If that's all it's going to take, somebody is going to be just willing to throw that dart. And so if the Broncos want to do it, and I'm not, a, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You better do it now. You better do it quickly, immediately, because someone else is going to jump the line. If, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you have Baker Mayfield right now beating out Kyle Trask and no discernible future whatsoever. Why are you not making that trade? There, there are teams on that list in which, it oh, makes I perfect agree. sense to make that trade. I agree. Right Tampa Bay. Now. Right now, and I, I will give Atlanta a break because they've got Ritter. Right. And at least for now, they're going to give Ritter a full shot. I say full shot. Um, if he is struggling at midseason, I think they may have to take a look at perhaps somebody else or consider their options down the road. But for right now, they're very happy with Desmond Ritter. And obviously, the Vikings are happy with Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is a free agent at the Mm -hmm. end of the year he's 35 years old and if you're again any trade for lance you're looking to 2024 you're not thinking about what he can do for you in 2023 because he hasn't played enough right he hasn't had enough that includes a team like miami got beaten out right you can't have if if there was an injury to to tua you can't just throw trey lance in and say run around and play backyard football no it doesn't work that way this is again for 2024 it is a 2024 trade for virtually anybody except the bucks who I think the Buccaneers are in a position where, like, you know what? We, they need more We could do it. Help. We could throw a fifth on there. We could even play him. And if it's a total bust and we win three games, then guess what? We're well, picking in the top three and we'll pick right, out our quarterback but, but then. You know what? You'd play him and you could let him play sure. his game. You could let him run around. I mean, you're not going to the yeah, playoffs. If I'm Tampa, it's a no brainer. Let him run around. And I, I think it makes more sense for Tampa than it makes for the other two. So if you're Denver, you need to jump. And the other four in the second tier. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, but but I now. think if if and and the interesting thing is, and I had forgotten all about this, but it came up in Barnwell's piece back in 2017. The New Orleans Saints had the 11th overall pick <laughs> yep. in the first round. They got jumped, and Sean Payton desperately wanted Patrick Mahomes. He saw it, so he thinks he's he's going to get him. And the last thing he expects is a team drafting 27th in the first round to jump ahead of him. But that's exactly what happened. And as Peyton put it at the time, Andy decided for us 
because we were looking at Patrick Mahomes and Marshawn Lattimore. Now, the, the interesting part of that story is though they didn't get Mahomes, they got out of that draft Lattimore, Ramchick, Marcus Williams, Kamara, and a couple of other players, including Trey Hendrickson, who, as I recall, has been a pretty good player uh, for, for a while now. Yep. <laughs> so uh, a hell of a draft in 17 for Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton, and company down in New Orleans, but they didn't get the guy they really Here's, wanted that I suspect most of the organization would have taken. Yeah, maybe there's a debate between Mahomes and Lattimore at that point. And Lattimore is a terrific player when he's healthy. But I think they would have taken Mahomes. And so in the back of Sean Payton's mind, he's thinking maybe if Wilson struggles and the Broncos aren't winning, you trade for Trey Lance not to play him even this year right? in the midst of the failed season. But you're looking ahead to next year and you're thinking – it's probably not reasonable or feasible to part ways with Russell Wilson much before 2025, but but Trey Lance would give us an option because, as Barnwell put it in the piece, it's not that we know that Trey Lance can't play. What we know is Trey Lance hasn't had the chance to prove that he can play. There are a couple flies in that ointment. Want to know what you think? 303-831-1340. Send Sandy some well wishes too while you're at it. But there are a couple reasons for the Broncos that doing so is complicated. I'll explain next on Mile High Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Still a little peeve that Broncos with a defense that could really use playmakers didn't want to throw a seventh to go get Isaiah Simmons. But, yeah, whatever. I digress. It's well, part of the problem, though, you know, for the here, Here's part of the problem with the Broncos. The Broncos think they already have a great defense. That's what the Broncos think. So I'm sure they'd look at Isaiah Simmons for a seven and say, first of all, we're we're not in a position to give up too many more draft picks. No. Right? We've given up enough of them already, even a seventh. That leads into one of the discussions about potentially trading for Trey Lance. The Broncos last year have only six selections. They have a first, a second, a third, a fourth. They do not have a fifth. And then they have uh, their six and seven. All right. You give up a fourth. You, one. I think you'd give up a fourth under the right conditions. Again, this is all right. conditional on Wilson not playing well, mm-hmm. and the chances of that, I think, have increased in the last forty-eight hours since Jerry Judy went down. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Remember, because some of these deals are uh, the Broncos don't have their second, of course, because they they traded it for John Payton. Uh, they. There's some swaps between the Seahawks that yeah. come through. It's it's a yeah. mess right now. Basically, it it's is. a giant mess. But as it stands right now, the Broncos, you know, have have a, a few picks, but not as many as you think to go ahead and make a big difference. And so you are already missing your second rounder, and you're missing a sixth rounder. So you pardon me. Let me get that right. For the, you have first a 
third, a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. In 2025, back the Broncos have two sevens. In 2025, you don't have your fifth, and it starts to normalize. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I would do it, but here's the thing. That is more or less, again, admitting that the rebuild is going to take even longer than you think. Because if you give up a fourth rounder, the Broncos draft picks become a first, a third, and a fifth. That's their first three picks. That's it. So you're not going to be able to build up that roster, and the depth of the roster or the lack thereof is part of the problem. Now, it's a quarterback league, and as such, I would take the gamble because if you do happen to get the right quarterback, you're in good shape. I mean, look at the Niners. Who could have come? If Brock Purdy is not Brock Purdy, is the last pick in the draft, this is a career-ending potentially disaster for the Niners because they are a Super Bowl-ready team and if Brock Purdy doesn't come out of the ether in the seventh round, this team is blowing a championship window by making this move to go up and get Lance. Well, I, I think Bill Barnwell's argument is that even as close as they've come, I mean, you're talking about 2019, seven minutes from winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, last two years, they lose the NFC Championship game. Uh you know, they had it sort of in the bag against the Rams in 21 and just, I mean, a dropped interception mm-hmm. prevented them from winning that game and going to the Super Bowl in 2021. And then last year, Purdy goes down with the elbow injury early on in the game. I don't think they would have won it anyway, but you've got Josh Johnson who also got hurt in that right. game coming in against the best pass rush in the NFL last year in the Philadelphia Eagles. So they really had no shot. Barnwell's point in the piece, though, is that, uh, yes, you can salute the 49ers for some of their late-round draft finds, Right. Uh, the main one of whom is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, just a year ago. But at the same time, all those picks they traded away and what mm-hmm. and who those picks have turned into Boy, it's hard to say that one compensates for the other as good as Purdy looks right now. I mean, you I mean, could have you could have Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. But again, it just shows you how edge rushers, how one on one side and one on the other that they are. That Purdy turned out to be what he is. Well, yeah, the Niners would be in dire straits if also, not. So, you know, it's also missed opportunity, and it's uh, you know they've had bad luck, and so is Trey Lance, obviously, in the fact that Trey Lance uh, dislocated his finger. Um, early on uh, in 21, and then last year broke his leg in the first quarter of a Week 2 game against Seattle. I, I mean, that's that's just bad luck. Uh, he was the starter last year. Remember, they spent all offseason trying to get rid of Garoppolo. They couldn't mm-hmm. get rid of him because he wasn't he, rehabbing yeah, from his injury, so healthy, he had no right. value. And so they start the year with Lance. Lance goes down with a broken leg, and, you know, they're, they're, they're in trouble at that point. They got to... Put Garoppolo in, and Garoppolo during training camp last year, remember this, in 22, was practicing off on a side field throughout training camp. Throughout training camp. He never practiced with the David training camp. And all of a sudden, as we remember, he was in here for a Sunday nighter against the Broncos in week three and helped the Broncos win one of the five games they won last year by stepping on the headline in the end zone in a game that the 49ers pretty much dominated, but still lost 11-10, to 10, a score that remains the only 
11 to 10 score yep. in the history of professional football, which is over 100 years old now. There had never been and might well never again be an 11 to 10 final score, but that's what we had last year yeah. in yeah. Denver. On the winning side, so for delighted the to uh, yeah. to see that. I guess. I mean, at least uh, look. If you're going to be the only one, at least you win it. At least you won, in the midst of a five and twelve season, of course. But uh, you know what I think about this whole Judy thing. Um, on, on a couple of levels, it's interesting. Mark Kislet had a column today where he kind of, sort of suggested that Judy, all things considered, has been a bust as a 15th overall pick in, in, the, in the draft. And you look at that draft, and remember, we've talked about this before, 13 of the first 59 picks in the 2020 draft were wide receivers. Now, injuries have hampered him as well. Understood. Yeah. But would any serious person say that there weren't at least five receivers out of that draft who have been clearly have, better than Jerry better. Judy? Yes. That would be CeeDee Lamb drafted two picks after Judy was selected. 17th overall for C.D. Lamb. 22nd, Justin Jefferson. No more need be said. He's the best receiver in the league right now. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, picked 25th by the 49ers, Mm -hmm. who has had a 1,000-yard season. Jerry Judy is not. Tree Higgins, 1,000-yard season. Uh, And, again, at least one in some of these cases. Uh, 33rd pick, second round, uh, out of Clemson, going to Cincinnati. Michael Pittman Jr. to Indy has had a 1,000-yard season. He's the 34th pick. So those are five who have been better than Jerry Judy. Now, Jerry Judy, the last six games, looked like he was as good as any of them. Right. But that's all you got. But now he's hurt again. And uh, it is unfortunate. I think there's a, there's a now, very— the other contention is that the Broncos erred in giving— Judy, that fifth year, picking up that fifth year oh, option for $13 million. I don't better spend that money on Jonathan Taylor. That's Mark Kisler's point oh, I as opposed to Jerry Judy. I don't agree with that either. But I also think it was interesting that the uh, media yesterday asked uh, Sean Payton if he felt like he was snake bitten. And, of course, as uh, Kisler describes, the prickly cactus that is <laughs> often Sean Payton didn't want to hear anything about it the question that should have been asked is why Bo Lowry the vice president of player health and performance on the record hasn't been any different really and possibly the Broncos have even more injuries at this point and serious ones at that than they had a year ago at well, they've this certainly had some time. hamstring problems since the beginning of OTA. Why is that? Specifically with wide receivers, but I mean, uh, hamstring's been an issue. Uh, you know, Drew Sanders dealt with a hamstring. Separate times Marvin Mims has two dealt with two hamstrings. Times. Jerry Judy's got a hamstring injury. Uh, that's obviously something of a concern. And and yeah, the, the why isn't that are question getting asked? Well, and I mean, and uh, listen, I'm, I'm not. It is now. I'm not a particular defender of uh, Lauren Landau, but Rick Perea had it right yesterday. Uh, where have you gone, Lauren Landau? Um, this was supposed to be a complete changeover on the health and performance staff, strength and conditioning, the mental health, all of that. And we have seen no evidence of any particular change. So it was the wrong question that was asked. Uh, are you snake bitten? Uh, 
because yeah, obviously not. Yeah. No, that's silly. But with all these soft tissue injuries, why are they taking place? That was the one thing that you got rid of, along with last year's head coach. You got rid of the medical health performance strength and conditioning staff and replaced it entirely and put someone into a position of being a vice president. This is an executive position within the organization. We're putting an increased focus on the results aren't there. And, you know, Rick made some other points yesterday that relate sometimes to injuries that they come out of a stressful situation and I can't think of too many things more stressful than six straight losing seasons. The other challenge is these things do sort of multiply on themselves when it comes to an athlete. If you have hurt something in the past, oftentimes you're more likely to hurt it again. And Judy's had hamstring issues. Right. And so it, it becomes a little difficult to kind of parse it and say that, you know, this some of this issue has to do with the with the the new staff or the other staff or some of it maybe just luck because uh, Tim Patrick was hurt well, with the old staff. Jerry Judy was hurt with the old staff. I, I, Similar I know, injury with but, Judy. But I'm saying this is supposed to be different. Well, and yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just saying it hasn't been different. And it, again, gets us back into this narrative that I felt was thrust out there far too often and fa- far too powerfully last year that the only thing wrong with the Broncos yeah, it was health. That was never was true. Health that was never true. And bad coaching. Uh, so the health part was couple never things, true. Couple things. Broncos had injuries that, and that could be fixed. We're big on using the word fixed. A healthy Broncos here. team was Sean everything Payton the same. Sean was hired to fix Russell Wilson. Bo Lowry was Still in to the fix the injury issue. Uh, it remains to be seen whether Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson. I don't happen to believe that was the reason he was hired. At least it shouldn't have been. The reason you hire him is because he's a proven winner and he will put a process in place that leads to winning sooner rather than later, something which his predecessor seemed incapable of doing. And you start talking about so-and-so is going to fix him or he's going to fix this issue. You're, you're scapegoating people, and the Broncos have many more problems and have had many more problems over the years than Lauren Landau and Nathaniel have. It is, it's always an oversimplification, and that's something that you and I have tried to do together now for a, a couple of years. It's trying to understand that I get it. Uh, in, in a social media world, you have to have this very simple, you know, we, we, all, we, all, we all have the internet. One trick thing to blah, blah, blah. I get it, but that's not really how it works. Uh, is Sean Payton brought in to fix Russell Wilson? Yes as part of the process of turning the Denver Broncos around, not just... But the highly respected Sal Palantonio of and that's ESPN the wrong, and, and still the wrong that approach. was the only reason Sean Payton was if hired If that's the case, the Broncos Russell are foolish, Wilson, and I don't think they're foolish. An opinion I have great respect I don't believe for that's Sal, right. scoffed at by Rick Perry. I don't believe, I don't believe that's right at. either. I think the idea is you have a, a He's person He's a human is, being. He's not a machine. Yeah, you don't fix him. Set up a system in which you have had success, specifically with quarterbacks as well, and has won. Presumably, as part of that, improvement from Russell Wilson will also continue. You are trying to solve two problems simultaneously. I don't think the Broncos' new ownership, which uh, has some business savvy, is so foolish 
is to say we don't really care about who the coach is necessarily. We just just go, just worry about Russell Wilson. How are you the rest of football? That's not important. I mean, I don't think they're that dumb. I, I think they know full well the idea is to turn around the Denver Broncos. Part and parcel of that is to turn around Russell Wilson. But I get that we have, we live in a world where everyone wants to oversimplify. It, it's it's more complicated than this. And for the Broncos and, and for Sean Payton, these injuries are going to slow the development of this team. Jerry Judy is by far, and Sandy's perfectly right when he points out the rest of that draft class and so many of the receivers being better. You know, six, five receivers have more yards in their career than, than Jerry Judy. Uh, he's right. At the same time, he's their best wide receiver. Oh, by and far. And it's not even close. By far. By far. No, more than one thing can be true. Right. Even two things that seem to contradict. Uh, one is he the from best the wide other, receiver of his class? He's the best, no. Oh, is he the best on the Denver he's Broncos? He's the best yeah. wide receiver the Broncos have. And the only receiver who ever last year established any kind of rapport with Russell Wilson. And now he's gone. And you have the fact that's been laid out many times before that this fearsome foursome of wide receivers – Patrick Sutton, Judy Hamler, Hamler, right, would be the greatest Never pass receiving foursome in the history of the Denver Broncos. They have played one half together, yeah, as That's a it. foursome in fifty regular season games. Those four receivers in fifty regular season games have played a full half together once never once a full game because the half was the uh, half in week two of 2020 before Cortland Sutton tore up his knee and it won't happen this year either because Patrick's out for the year and KJ Hamler's no longer on the and team KJ Hamler's not on the team he was a 20 he's a you know and Judy <laughs> this is the guy that was drafted will be out in 2020 according he's not on the team. to people we both talked to Depending on the grade of the sprain or strain, whatever the damage pulled is, hamstring, right. whatever, anywhere between two and six weeks, most likely. It could be more than six weeks if it's a grade three. I think anything prior to a week three return would be a massive bonus for the Denver Broncos. And yeah, you know, I get it. We're talking about injuries, but that's also. The sound of football coming back, too. Now's the time to place those preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus, and that means win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code MILEHIGH. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and the promo code MILEHIGH. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Broncos offense without Jerry Judy, what will it look like? And is it actually a little bit of what Sean Payton wanted it to look like all along? It might not be as far off as you think. I'll explain next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough 
and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. We will have PBS News Justin Adams joining us in just a little bit, but I talked about it before the break, Sandy. What is the Broncos offense going to look like? I've been hinting that I believe it's going to be more run heavy than a lot of people might believe. And I think with the sort of breakout of Jaleel McLaughlin, who I feel firmly has made this team and quite frankly, don't expect him to play all that much on Saturday because of it. The uh, That'll be interesting. You may though. need to, but uh, uh, Javante won't play. And I don't suspect Pirine will either. So right. I think you'll be talking so about you, you get, you Tyler Beatty, somebody. Tony Jones, and Dwayne Washington, who they just picked up for depth this yeah, week. But yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And I, listen, maybe whether he will. plays or not, he's made the team. But here's the There's deal. No doubt about that. Greg Dulcich, unfortunately, has been one of Camp's biggest busts. And there's no kind of way around it. Uh, he has yeah, not been, been looking. Terrible. He has not stood out. Uh, he has been passed by Adam Troutman. Yep. I suspect that now, with Jerry Judy out, Sean Payton is going to go heavy. 12, 12 personnel, and I suspect, if not 22, quite frankly. And remember, those are just digits. This one's the running backs, and the second one's the tight end. But it would not surprise me to see the Broncos align with Adam Troutman and Chris Manhurts as the tight ends and go with a power-running offense until there is confidence in the passing mm-hmm. game. And it would not shock me if that's what they're going to do. Adding Pirine, Javante looks good. I think the Broncos are going to try that, to run this That out. sounds five uh, until they're down. Until they're 10 down. to three in the third quarter. But I think the, the idea is they're going to have to try to find a way to massage this. Because beyond Cortland Sutton, I mean, let's look at this. Including Who's there? Cortland Sutton. Including Cortland Sutton. But at least, nobody there. But at least Cortland Sutton has, has done it once before. Long time. Your next receiver, when you're talking about actual NFL production, is Marquez Callaway. And then there is a monumental drop off. You're talking about Mims, who's a rookie well, hurt. Brandon Johnson. This is before Judy got hurt. It wasn't when, that deep anyway, when, but. When Sean Payton was panning the wide receivers mm-hmm. the other day for dropping days. passes. And people have been out there every day at camp. People I talk to, is, mm-hmm. it, it, Judy's been dropping passes all camp. Sutton's been dropping passes. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, Patrick was the guy who never dropped a pass, and he hasn't been a participant in training camp for the last two years. Uh, the only guy that's really stood out for not dropping passes, and he hasn't had as many options, quite frankly, is the undrafted rookie at Incarnate Word, Taylor Grimes. And who knows? that Jalen Virgil is out for the year. I mean, look at what's behind this, Sandy. I mean, it's 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 a disaster. You have Brandon Johnson, who's never put up anything of significance. Mims, rookie, never put up anything of significance. Uh, Virgil is out. At least he had played and caught some. You have Lil John Humphrey, Montreal Washington, Taylor Grimes, and Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton might be the Broncos' second best wide receiver right now. Listen, here's the bottom line. Yikes. And, and and I'll credit Mark Kizzo for talking about this in his you know, column today, writing about this in his column today. There is a question mark at quarterback and a fairly sizable one in my view. At running back, if for no other reason, then I'm still not totally sold that Javante Williams is going to play every game at full force at absolutely 100%. I'm not even, not He's going to gain 12 to 1,500 yards this year. I'm not, I, and I love Javante Williams. So there is a question mark at running back. There are several question marks at wide receiver. That turns out not to be a position of strength. 
tight end. Uh, I think they're last fine. year's fine rookie. I won't call him a sensation because he was hurt for a, a good chunk of a season. But at least look promising. A promising rookie mm-hmm. has been good. a dud in training camp this year and has yeah. been beaten out by some journeyman named Troutman. Right. And we all know the offensive line isn't any good. Certainly not on the left side of the offensive line in terms of pass blocking. No, not not any good. So tell me again exactly how this offense is going to average five to seven points per game, more than it did last year. And by the way, averaging seven points a game would still leave them under the 24 to 27 point per game realm in which most playoff teams reside in contemporary professional football. That's the the reality of what the Broncos are dealing with. And depth was a concern. We've been talking about it all offseason. The depth was not there. The depth is not there in part because of some bad drafts and in part because you made trades. Exactly. And... There has been a, a, a mistake. I think we both believe a mistake. And honestly, maybe it's even happened by media more than fans, as you pointed out. I think you've yes. elucidated that in the last couple of weeks. Yes. That the Broncos talk about our great wide receiver depth, about the what the, the best pass rushing group that Vance Joseph said he's ever seen. This is all projection. It's not production. It's projection. Mm-hmm. And when you're, I, I will bring it over to, let me bring it over to a team that is also disturbingly, Sandy, you well pointed out, has actually had a better winning record, but to the Colorado Rockies, the hapless, helpless, hopeless Colorado Rockies, who every single year signs some vastly expensive over-the-hill player in the hopes that they'll sell some tickets or some T-shirts with some numbers on it or whatever. And then they'll tell you that, Three or four of the top prospects in the minor leagues will all play this year. And by the way, they're all ready to blossom into stars. They will simultaneously blossom into stars. Here's the reality. That never happens. The only team that's ever come close to doing it was the Houston Astros, and they tanked so badly for multiple years, openly, yeah. said it, and, and told like, season ticket holders, right. we and, are yeah, tanking. The Cubs kind of did the same thing. That they, and the Cubs more or less did the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's the only time it's, I've ever seen that's, it. And even, even it didn't really even work for the Cubs. It did work for the Astros. But the Rockies sell it well, to you The, the Astros have won multiple World right. Series, and the Cubs won the, 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 the Rockies sell it to you. Know, I guess if you're the Cubs, that might as well be four. That's what it might as well be right. a few. Yeah, <laughs> but the the... the Rockies trot this out every year. You know, okay, well, we have Ezekiel Tovar. Okay, he's, he's pretty promising. We have Brendan Rodgers. He's, he's, he's pretty fine. promising. He, he's uh, a service. We have Nolan Jones. Jones. Pretty promising. Yeah. We have, uh, you know, Elias Montero. Pretty promising. They're not all going to become all-stars simultaneously. No. It never no, happens Monta- like that. Montero. And he won't anyway. But you get, my, you get my point. Is there's always going to be, ah, but look at these young right. guys. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. That's the, the Rockies' freedom. have fallen into that trap. But what's worse a lot of people that cover the Broncos have also fallen into that trap. And I don't know if it's because we know when the Rockies say it, it's laughable. But the Broncos, for the majority of my lifetime, have not been a better-than-average team. They've been a far better-than-average team. And I think it's taking this better part of a decade for the media that covers the team to sort of get those vibes out and realize that's not who you're, you're looking at anymore. And... Ownership is new. The roster is shallow. I suspect Sean Payton knew that coming in because, let's face it, if there were better jobs, he would have taken them. He really did want the He wasn't offered 
any right. other jobs. Right. Uh, that's just a fact. That's not a but. This a is a, a criticism team. of Sean Payton. That's the reality. Sean Payton imagined that he would have several jobs to choose from, and he had one job, and he didn't like the first interview very much because the owners are squabbling. Uh, so, out of desperation, both on his part and their part, there was a second interview that went a little better. But of course, by that time, Sean Payton knew. But if he wanted to be a head coach in the NFL in 2023, this was the only place he could go. The fans deserve credit on this. You're right. They do, because I think the fans have sniffed this out. And they are in show-us mode. And I, I the, the fans that I've talked to all offseason, especially as training camp has come around, they're like, you know, how do they look? Are they going to be better? I'm like, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. I think they're, I think they're getting better. I say the same thing I've said on this show. It's like turning an ocean liner, not a jet ski. And it it doesn't look like it moved that much, but it is moving in the right direction. But it's not going to be quick because there are too many simultaneous things that need to be fixed. And every time you run into an injury like this to one of your, where would the Broncos be if Javante Williams has Ned some miraculous comeback? Well, I mean, yeah. And what would listen, this be? The Russell Wilson listen, Wildcat no, offense? I mean, what is it? We, we They're so shallow. We've been surprised that he's able to come back and play in an organized football game. But I don't think we have any real idea as to whether he can pick up where he left off before he got hurt. We don't know that yet. Maybe we'll find out on opening day. Maybe we'll have to wait until October to find out. The problem the Broncos have is that they've got to win their first two games at home against the Raiders and Washington. And they won't have Jerry Judy for either game. I think we can all but guarantee that. And if they have him, they'll be rushing him back, and there'll be the possibility, I'm not going to say probability, I'm not a doctor, possibility of re-injury, because even with the most minor hamstring pull, it's two to four weeks, and we're basically two weeks out. What's Jerry Judy's best skill? Putting a foot in the ground and planting a hard cuts on his routes? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What, what, yeah. What, what would be maybe the wor- one and, of the worst injuries you could have got, for that? He got hurt. Again, non-contact. They weren't in pads yesterday. He's doing an end-around play in a drill, and all of a sudden, a hamstring goes on him. Nobody's near him. He isn't even making a sharp cut. Now, that did happen to Tim Patrick. And right. Out went the Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. But in this case, there wasn't a sharp cut. He's running it end around. No contact. It's obviously a uh, a major concern. Want to know what you think about it as well? The number is 303-831-1340. Uh, fortunately, you know, he's in good shape medical care-wise. But if you are injured in an accident, you need to go get a win, and you need to do it quick. That's why you need to talk to our friends at Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com. The phone number is 720-845-7001. Hire the winner. That's all they do. They have locations in Fort Collins, Boulder, Westminster, Cherry Creek, the DTC, Colorado Springs, and even Cheyenne. The main injury office is right near Miley Sports here in the Denver Tech Center. And when you're injured, they push for you to get your maximum settlement in the best way that works for you, whether that's settlement or for trial. Not for them. They're trying to get you right. So when you're hurt, when you're injured, when you need Help, don't hire someone you see off the billboard. Hire someone who knows gets the fight done for you and wins it. That's our friends at Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com, 720-845-7001. Our 
friend from CBS. He was in Colorado, Colorado Buffalo, uh, Montbello High School, Colorado Newsman Supreme, Justin Adams, will join us to talk about Broncos and definitely we'll squeeze a little buffs in there too. We'll do that next on Miley Sports. Opinion and bits and bold, the legends and the myths, the testaments.